In the movie Annie Hall, Woody Allen divided life up between the horrible and the, and the miserable. Those are the two categories, you know? The, the, the horrible would be like, um, I don't know, terminal cases, you know, and blind people, yeah. cripples. I don't know how they get through life. It's amazing to me. You know, and the miserable is everyone else. That's, that's, so, so when you go through life, you should be thankful that you're miserable. Woody Allen's dark comedy gets to the heart of the human condition. I often think that he wants to be serious about these big issues. Those of death and love and suffering and worrying. But he's just so exasperated that he resorts to jokes. But, as they say, much truth is spoken in jest. I'm Adam, and this is Culture Bites. A little bite into the apple of culture. We spend so much time chasing unlikely or impossible dreams that we forget that the odds are immeasurably stacked against us. As the American writer Albert Hubbard said, don't take life too seriously, you'll never get out alive. Faced with all that misery and the certainty of death, humans would be completely lost without humour. If you didn't laugh, you'd cry. Why not do both? The country singer Reburn McIntyre said, To succeed in life, you need three things. A wishbone, a backbone, and a funny bone. Which I think translates as hope, strength, and a sense of humour. But there's another way of coping with life. You could be a privileged imbecile. The writer Christopher Isherwood said, Life is not so bad if you have plenty of luck, a good physique, and not too much imagination. That's the recipe for a lovely life. Just don't think too hard. Indeed, I always find it strange when people are just happy. Why, you're only doing half the job. But humans are never really happy, right? We're not designed that way. Recently, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have been sharing their annoyance of being constantly hounded by the media. Harry's mother, Princess Diana, died in a car crash while being chased by the paparazzi. And it's still traumatic for Harry. But of course, some have little sympathy. I mean, she's a princess. What more do you want? I think it's very hard for a lot of people to, rec to reconcile her standing in a backdrop of South Africa where six million kids are starving, where they have the lowest life expectancy rate. Well, it is on the planet. And talk about her first world problems. Oscar Wilde once said, There are only two tragedies in life. One is not getting what one wants, and the other is getting it. And in that simple witticism, Wilde cut deep into the truth of human existence. In ancient Greek plays, tragedies had uh, sad endings and comedies had happy endings. Comedy in these times showed the ugly or sexual side of life, or ridiculed politicians with satire. It's clear that comedy had an important social purpose, whether it be through catharsis or seeing the bright side of life in tough when you're times. chewing on life's gristle, don't grumble, give a whistle, and this'll help things turn out for the best. Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. Of course, you don't need me to remind you that at this point in the movie, spoiler alert, everybody is about to die. When you're feeling in the dumps, be silly chumps. The ancient philosopher Aristotle thought that comedy was good because it brings happiness, but his teacher Plato thought that comedy was bad. Laughter is uncontrolled, he said, and that makes it harder to achieve the ideal state. Plato must have been great fun at parties. 
but the oldest known joke goes back to the ancient Sumerians. It's dated 1900 BC and relates how, since the beginning of time, a young woman will always fart on her husband's lap. I think comedy has improved since then, although the work of Peter Kay suggests otherwise. We used to have a thick table in our class at school. A thick table. When I say thick table, I don't mean thick table. I mean thick table. You'd never get away with that today. The oldest version of the phrase, much truth is spoken in jest, dates back to Geoffrey Chaucer in uh, 1390. And it always comes to mind when someone makes a joke and I wonder if they're secretly insulting me with some difficult truth. This happens a lot. But before you criticize someone, as Jack Handy said, walk a mile in their shoes. That way, you'll be a mile from them and you'll have their shoes. Life is a sexually transmitted disease, as the eminent psychiatrist R.D. Lang said. And there's a ring of truth to this. Life is forced upon us. We get no choice in the matter. Then it puts us through all sorts of hell until finally we work out a way of putting it to an end. When you get to the end of your life and the eternal sleep is set to begin, how will you look back at it? Will you regret missing that deadline at work? Or feel silly about being embarrassed on that first date? Probably not. You'll think about the important things, like the times with friends and family, barbecues on Sunday afternoon, and long walks through the meadows in the springtime. You wish you'll be thinking, blimey, that was an effort. As the great teen icon Kirk Bain is supposed to have said, nobody dies a virgin, life fucks us all. Pure genius, he works on so many levels. Indeed, much truth is spoken in jest. Culture Bites was written by me, Adam Hutchings. It was produced by me, Adam Hutchings, with production support by me, Adam Hutchings. Sound engineering was by me, Adam Hutchings, and the studio director was me, Adam Hutchings. Adam Hutchings played the bass and guitar, and the drum machine was programmed by me, Adam Hutchings. This episode wouldn't have been possible without you, the listener, who also by coincidence happens to be me, Adam Hutchings. <laughs>